Today with Catherine Ruinala. I've been doing a, a slow walk through the Psalms, just morning and evening, reading one Psalm at a time and having to discipline myself not to race through it, but to really marinate in it and extract everything that's in there. And um, But uh, my friend Kiralee, as I was talking to her this morning, she was talking about Psalm 45, and all day long... Psalm 45, verse 1, has just been rolling around in my heart. I just want to read this to you. Psalm 45 is a wedding psalm, traditionally referring to Solomon and his bride, but it's much more holy than just a a song for a, a natural wedding. It's about the king and his bride, and it's quite amazing. And I, I really believe that as the Holy Spirit's been speaking to us, we've been, I've been um, speaking out of Zechariah chapter 4 with the, the oil, the, the living trees feeding in the oil into the, the burning lamps and the seven spirits of God and the knowledge of God, the desire of us, of God for us to know him, that we might know him. I was speaking just recently from Hosea chapter 6, in the heart of God, the yearning of God, that we may know him. And so as I was reading this, this psalm today, I was fascinated to see that this psalm actually is really our core values for Glory City, intimacy, identity, and increase. Starts off, my heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite my verses for the king. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. My heart is stirred with a noble theme. And what is this theme that he's going to talk about, this most noble theme? It's the theme of the king and his bride. It's the, it's the theme of intimacy. It's the theme of relationship. It's the theme of the king and his bride being married, the wedding. And as I look at it, I, I, I just... I recognize the heart of God, the most important thing to him. As I was talking to him today, saying, what do you mean, Lord? You're looking forward to tomorrow night. What are you going to do? And I realized all of a sudden that he was excited that we were going to be worshiping him. That was, that was what he was most excited about, that we were coming to worship him. And, and this is the most noble theme. As you, look through the, uh, as you look through the psalm there, you'll see it starts off with um, praise of the king and how wonderful the king is. And then it is a description of the beauty of the bride and how beautiful she is. And then it finishes with, and you're going to have sons and legacy, intimacy, identity, and increase. And this most noble theme It begins with worship of the king, because in his light we see light. As we exalt him, as we praise him, as we talk about him, as we lift up his name, in his light we see light. As I was praying today and crying out for his presence and his glory, I was explaining to the Lord, because in your presence, God is the place where I am truly free. It's the place where... It's the place where I belong. It's the place where everything is just makes sense. It's that place where nothing else matters. The glory, Lord, we want, you, we want to see your glory because in your presence there is 
fullness of joy. It's the place where I am truly, completely, utterly happy, utterly full, full to overflowing with joy. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. That's not a lot of joy. That is nothing but joy. Fullness of joy. Fullness of joy, not to be observed, not to be theoretically beheld, but actually to step into and experience fullness of joy. What does that feel like? To be surrounded, not even to have in the back of your mind fears or regrets, fullness of joy that is encircling you. He's rejoicing over you with singing. Fullness. Absolute joy, it says in other versions. Absolute. In your presence, there's absolute joy. There's perfect peace. There's the holy fear of God where, oh God, oh God, you are so much more than I've ever hoped or imagined. It's where we see him and we, we hit the deck. Because he is holy and he is glorious. It's that place where as we worship him, as we behold him, and as we determine in our hearts that we are going to seek nothing else but him. As we seek him, we find him. And when we find him, we are overwhelmed. Our senses humanly need supernatural strengthening to be able to to handle it. My body can't handle the glory. I'm going to need power to stand up under the glory of God, the the glory that's coming. We're going to need supernatural power. We're going to need supernatural power to be able to walk in the level of joy, the absolute joy, the absolute freedom, the absolute peace, the absolute holiness and fire. That's going to need supernatural strength by His Spirit. Hallelujah. And it all starts with beholding Him, with worshipping Him. You might wonder, why do we worship so long? It's like, because it's all about Him. And as we behold him, we become like him. And everything gets sorted out. As we behold him, the fire of God deals with anything in our heart that needs to be dealt with. It brings to the surface anything that needs healing and needs dealing with. Anybody been feeling the fire this week? Like, man, I've been sensing. Wow, okay, wow, yes, I see that, God. Wow, that attitude. Wow, God, wow, God, I've been in judgment against that person. I repent. Repentance has just been so deep in my heart this week. As As the presence of God increases, as the fire of God increases, so too does your desire to repent. And because you recognize presumptuous sin you haven't even recognized that you've walked in. Attitudes become obvious in his light. We see light. Amen. My heart is stirred with a noble theme. And as as we focus on him and we adore him, that's why I make no apology for fully, fully abandoning ourselves. That's why, you know, I just am so grateful for Pastor Aaron and his team, they—they're just amazing, and they—but they understand. Like Aaron is so, he's so in tune with the Holy Spirit, but he's also so servant-hearted. He—he, you can sense, you know, when it needs, it needs 
we're going to linger here a little longer. We're going to press through here a little longer. We're going to stay on this for a moment longer just because he recognizes, knows how to understand the invitations of the Holy Spirit and respond to them, which is so beautiful. But then the, the, the next thing, if you read in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul's prayer, that the Father would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that we may know the hope of his calling, the riches of his glorious inheritance in us, the saints, and the greatness of his power toward us who believe. God wants us to have revelation of him through worship, (gasps) through the fear of the Lord, through the recognition of his glory, so that we will understand the mission so that we will understand the hope of what it means to be his bride, to be his beloved, to be his children, so that we would understand our mission is to love him. We were reading in Hosea 6 on Sunday, that, and, and from the NASB in verse 6, it says, for I delight in loyalty rather than sacrifice. It struck me because I'm so used to the New King James it normally says, I desire mercy instead of sacrifice. And I thought, what's the difference? Loyalty and mercy are very, two very different words. How come they've translated these, this verse so differently? And when I looked it up in the Hebrew, this word loyalty, otherwise trans, translated as mercy in other translations, actually means kindness toward God. That he says, I... I delight in you having mercy, loyalty, kindness toward me. How do we be kind to God? How do we show God mercy? God doesn't need mercy. Yet his heart longing is greater than any parent's heart has longed for a wayward child. His heart longing for your attention and your affection is more fiery and more passionate than we could ever understand. It's like, take away the deep longing in my heart by satisfying, have mercy on me by satisfying me with your loyal eyes looking at me, your heart desire to set your face to seek me. This is what I want more than your sacrifice, more than anything else I want your heart. I have mercy on me. Have kindness toward me. Give me your heart. I want that more than any sacrifice, more than any burnt offering. You can feel the fiery heart of love the Father has for us, the love that the King has for us. But the result of that then is that we would know the value, the riches of his glorious inheritance in us, the saints, our identity. And our identity, we've talked about it a lot, is not, is not about us just feeling good about ourselves, but it's us recognizing what he has done for us, who we have become in him, that it is no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us, that we have been joined as one with him. Therefore, when I walk on this earth, God doesn't want me to see myself as a grasshopper, like the spies said, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in theirs. If I'm, if I'm still seeing myself as a nine-year-old Catherine on the inside, then when I go to minister somewhere, 
and I'm having this picture of myself on the inside, I'm not going to move in the power and the authority and the gifting that God wants me to do. Sometimes I, I, I do forget to remember what I look like. I'll go to places and I'll forget that they're actually really hoping that they'll get a powerful prophetic word because I'm just seeing myself as Catherine. But God doesn't want you to see yourself just as this person. Don't misunderstand me. He wants you to be a childlike. He wants you to, to maintain forever a childlike heart, to humble yourself like a little child. But he also wants you to know the riches of his glorious inheritance in you, that you are a gift, that you are a blessing to be uh, given, that freely you've received and freely he wants to give through you. Hallelujah. He wants you to have a holy body. Boldness. And this is what comes in the fire of God, in the glory of God, is a revelation of authority, is a revelation of holy boldness. Hallelujah. Uh, this is what happened when the disciples were filled and filled again. They'd already been filled with the power of God. Holy boldness, the fire of God, power from on high on the day of Pentecost. Then when they were um, intimidated and when they were persecuted, they gathered together again and prayed and they were filled again and they went boldly out. There's a holy boldness that comes as you spend time in the presence and the fiery glory of God. Hallelujah. That, and it comes through him revealing to you your identity in him. It's not selfish. It's not self-centered. You see, if you don't do that, it is actually selfish. Because unless you recognize what he says about you, you won't be freely giving what he wants to give through you. If you say, oh, I'm nothing, I'm, 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 not, I'm not anything special, you might feel holy and religious, but you're not. You're in unbelief. God wants you to recognize as you've humbled yourself, you died anyway. It's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. Now Christ in you, the hope of glory, wants to manifest himself with a holy boldness. When the Pharisees were interrogating the disciples, they took note that these unlearned men, they were speaking with such authority. They were speaking with such holy boldness. God wants to release that over you. He wants to release a, a revelation of your identity so that you'll not walk out in arrogance, but you'll walk out in fire, free from the fear of man and free from shame, free from guilt, free from the, tra the traumas that have crippled you that he might heal you and send you out with holy fire. Hallelujah. And then, he's, then it talks about, the psalm talks about increase, that you'll have sons. His, his desire is that we would multiply and multiply and multiply, that we would make disciples, that we would go out and we'd bring people to Jesus, that we'd go and we'd share the good news. I just get so encouraged hearing the testimonies of people who are, who are bringing to people to Christ all week long, coming in Friday and Sunday, uh, getting filled up and filled up again with the glory and the power and the fire of God and going out and leading people to Christ with such an ease and a holy boldness and a, a, um, a delight and a joy. And I believe also that the Lord is wanting to set people free to dream again, to begin to dream the dreams of the Father.
The Father is not dreaming of getting you through this season. He's not dreaming of you surviving or making it. He's dreaming of you thriving and multiplying and being fruitful. He's dreaming of you doing great exploits. The knowledge of God results in the fruitfulness of great exploits. Hallelujah. He's going to do the exceedingly abundantly above as you allow him to heal you, health, uh, bring health to your body, soul and spirit so that you'll go forth and prosper in everything you do, in your words, in your deeds, in your interactions, in your relationships. He says, I desire, above all, I desire that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers in the knowledge of him, in the pursuit of him, in the glory he will cause your soul to prosper and as a result, everything you do will prosper. Don't get all caught up and hung up on that word, oh, prosper. It's in the Bible. And his, desire, his, his idea of prosperity is that you would be fruitful in every area of your life because you are connected to and abiding in the vine. As you delight yourself in him, he will give you the desires of your heart. Because as you delight yourself in him, nothing else matters. Nothing else has the ability to have a hold on you because he is everything. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. John 17, 3. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. That's it. This is it. As we connect to him, the heart of the Father is that the one thing he wants above all else is that you would know him because when you know him... You'll become like him. The more time you spend looking at him, the more he will fill you. The more he fills you, the more you will overflow. And the rate at which you are filled is at the rate that you will overflow. Hallelujah. So that's why we keep saying more. People say, you don't need more. You've got everything you need pertaining to life and godliness. He wants to fill you with all the fullness of God. There is no end to God. You don't get like, okay, now you're full with all the fullness. It's like he keeps coming. The train of his robe keeps filling the temple because he cannot be contained. So you need more because he keep, he, there is always more to be had. Hallelujah. And the more you receive, the more you'll give away. Hallelujah. Father, we say thank you. <sighs> thank you, Lord. Here endeth the lesson. Are you hungry? Yes. There is more. There is exceedingly abundantly above that God wants to do. You know, if you're watching online or you're here and you know in your heart you aren't in relationship with God, you know, there's a, there's a reverential awe and fear of God that that is here, that I believe God wants to stir your heart to recognize that without him, you cannot have eternal life, that we need God, that we need to be like those wise virgins that, that keep the, the wick trimmed and the, the lamps filled up. And if you know in your heart you aren't walking with God or you haven't made a, a decision to, 
surrender your life and receive the mercy of Jesus and, and to be born again, you can do that tonight, whether you're watching online or whether you're here. Or if you know that you, you've walked away from God, you aren't walking with him, that you aren't, you aren't living for him and you want to get your life right with God, I want to give you an opportunity tonight. The Bible says that unless a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. That's not him being mean. God says that, the Bible tells us that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. And light can have no fellowship with darkness. And if you've even committed one sin, there's darkness in your life that you can't get rid of because the wages of sin is death. The only way you can pay for that sin is eternal death. But God loved you so much that he came as a man, lived a perfectly holy life, the only one who was qualified to take on the sin of the whole world and pay for your sin is now saying, I've done it for you. If you'll humble yourself and receive the help I want to give you, I will be your saviour. I'll save you from the penalty of sin. I'll save you from eternal death and I'll give you eternal life. If you will humble yourself and acknowledge you need Jesus to be your saviour, you need his mercy. He will delight to give it. By grace we are saved through faith, not of works lest anyone should boast. It starts with us humbling ourselves and saying, I need you, God, have mercy on me. If that's you and you know in your heart you're not walking with God, I want you just to wave your hand at me and I want to pray for you right now. Is there anyone here that says, yes, that's me? If that's you, I'd love to pray with you. We had just, if that's you, put your hand up and I want to pray for you. Or if you're online and you're watching and you want to get your life right with God today, I want you to write in the comments there, I need Jesus, pray for me and we'll pray for you. If you're watching or you're here, I want you to pray this after me. Father God, I believe you sent your son Jesus to be punished in my place. I believe that Jesus died and rose again. Right now, Father, I ask you to have mercy on me. Forgive me for all of my sin. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Come into my life. Make me new on the inside. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now, if you just prayed that prayer, make sure you just you let us know in the comments and we'll have someone praying for you. Hallelujah. Well, are you happy? If you're not, I know a place where you can be. And it's in his presence that there's fullness of joy. Father, we love you. We love you, we love you, we love you. Come, Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence. I thank you nothing is impossible for those who believe. And Lord, I thank you that you make a way where there seems to be no way. Lord, we give you worship. Lord, we give you praise. We give you thanks. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you too, Lord. You're the, you're the one who is our answer to everything. There's someone here facing a, a significant financial 
crisis right now. In fact, today is the last day and you need God to bring a breakthrough. Uh, If that's you, I just want you to lift up your hand and take it from the Lord as a prophetic act and say, thank you, Lord, I receive your help. I acknowledge my need for help, Lord, and I thank you. you. I'm receiving that today. In the name of Jesus, I decree breakthrough for them, Lord, today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Someone else has a condition in their liver. Who is that that needs healing? I want to pray for you. Is there someone here? You, you need God to touch and heal your liver. Just healing the Holy Spirit speaking to me about that. Is there someone here? You need God to touch you and heal you in your liver. Maybe if, that, if you're online, you can just write there and we'll pray. But is there someone in the building? Just feel the Holy Spirit wanting to touch you right now. Father, I thank you. Is that you? Father, I thank you, Lord, right now. And if if you're online and you need that too, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your healing touch, your power touching, healing, delivering. Lord, healing now. Yes, God. All those levels coming right in the name of Jesus. Thank you for healing in the name of Jesus. Lord, you are so good. You're so faithful. Well, Father, we come together and seek your face. Lord, we say thank you. You are our heart's desire. Our hearts are stirred with a noble theme. As I recite these verses for the King, Lord, we come to worship you. We come to honour you. We come to give you all the glory. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.